Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Strategic Hype Podcast. My name is Andrea, and I am a practical encourager here to help you get your yay back in life and business. I'm committed to giving you real tools to tackle whatever's in your way and cheer you on. That's what I call strategic hype. Now, today's episode is an interview with a man I deeply respect named Derek Sire. One of Derek's favorite childhood memories is riding around with his father. And they'd pick up the neighborhood kids, take them to the community center, teach them a skill or a sport, feed them, wash their clothes, and then take them home. And now that Derek is an adult and his father's passed away, Derek continues to carry on the legacy of caring for people by feeding their hearts and souls, doing his best to spread joy. He's passionate about infusing those around him with a positive perspective. I'm so glad to have Derek on the show today. But yeah, so I meant to tell you this, we were in a clubhouse room with uh, Hetty once. We went, we, you went to what school? Booker T? Booker T. I graduated from Broken Arrow in 99. So really? like, yeah, we're tight. We didn't Ooh, even know we it. We didn't even know it. Oh, we didn't even know. Broken Arrow was like, it wasn't our... It wasn't. It wasn't like a, uh, like a. What do you call the people that are your opposites? Rivals. We weren't rivals, but we definitely wanted to be. But guys. nobody liked Broken Arrow. Nobody. Just like Broken nobody Arrow. likes Union still to this day because they're just yeah. Union for us was the big one. Yeah, I tell you another one that's getting like that too is uh, it's not uh, it's Bixby. Bixby, Bixby used to be like trash. <laughs> I'll say it. You don't have to say I'm it. Sorry to all my family at Bixby. <laughs> it used to be like the redneck kids lived in yeah. Bixby and the country kids. Like that was my family. They lived out in Bixby and we'd yeah. go out and play in the dirt. <laughs> and they had like, you know, land. Yeah. And now Bixby's real bougie. It is. It's like, oh man, it's so funny. I go out there. I'm like, where am I? Yeah. What's happening out here? It's but, weird. But it's the same for like, I mean, as, as, as Tulsa begins to expand, I mm-hmm. mean, in every metropolitan does this. They just kind of absorb. It's like this yeah. big monster that just gloop. It does it to like... Broken Arrow. Bro, yeah, it just, it just gloop. Claremore, just Katusa. Like, it's just <laughs> yeah, push it's it all It's just like up. a blob. Yeah, it's just gloop. Like, it just takes Eventually, it Eventually, OKC and Tulsa are going to... We're gonna we're gonna merge eventually. I have some friends that are trying to uh, make that a little easier. Like I have a, a friend that um, for the Thunder games he mm-hmm. chartered buses. Oh, cool! Yeah, and you would just like meet at this one place, and he would just such a smart idea. There. Yeah, he was like, "Man, why are we so why why are we so? It's not a polar, but it's like oppositional. Why are we trying to like compete? We're yeah. like two siblings that are like, I'm better. Oh, no, man. I am. I mean, it it's rough. Like BA and not BA." Um, Tulsa and OKC, man. I just wish we could get along. I wish our young professionals would work together. Mm. I wish like our I wish the nonprofit communities would yeah. work together. Ooh, there's some division. This is my podcast, it's my opinion. I can <laughs> say that. You could say that. But I don't <laughs> know why though. It's like there's it, it's it's as if there's only enough resources for a select number of groups. And that's not true. That's not true. The scarcity mentality is what's created a lot of our division mm-hmm. and our inability to get together now. Yeah. The scarcity mentality of there's not enough. And and there's there's so much not enough that if I give up a little of the lot that I have so that you can become more equitable, mm. that it makes me suffer. I suffer by giving you millions of my billions. It's okay. 
Anyways, back to <laughs> this is so good. We could go all day. That's all day. we could just do a random. We could just go. Um. Anyways, everybody, this is Derek. Hello, <laughs> Derek. Um. So funny story. I didn't know you were an author, and I don't know where. I, oh, I listened to your last interview with Hetty. Yeah. On his podcast, and I was like, "What? Derek's an author." So I went and I bought both your books immediately, and I Thank thought. You. I'm going to read them both before our podcast session in like two Yikes. weeks. And then I, I got the books and I was like, these are not what I thought they were. They're like. They're fun. They're light. Yeah, they they're are. Easy. They're like chicken soup for the soul without the cheese. Like, <laughs> I didn't know that they were going to be like, read this, like take it like one a day. It's like yeah. a little, little vitamin. Like, like a journal. Like a, yeah. yeah. And I, so I started both of them and I was like, yeah, I'm not going to finish these in two weeks. Yeah. Not if you do they're it They're not right. made. They're, yeah. They're not made for that, but I am enjoying them very much as you can see from the little post-it flags I, I have. sticky tabs in there. Yeah, man. I love it. Um, I'll sign those before I leave today. Yes. I, I didn't know that was a thing. And it, I've gone from, no, I'm not signing your books to, hey, I'll, I'll sign those for you. It, it's been a, it's been a three year transformation of. Who in the world would want my signature on anything outside of a receipt, right? To, <laughs> hey, let me sign that. And people are like, oh, yeah, like, cool. It's like, this is so, this is going to reveal a lot of my upbringing in this phrase, but it's like, I grew up in that very charismatic Christianity where it was like, you, you go to church and you, you have the preacher sign your Bible, mm-hmm. which is a little intense for me. Um, but yeah, I I would think the same thing. I'm like, it's just my name. What do you want it for? But yeah, I'm like, you gotta sign them because David signed his book. David Skidmore signed yeah. his book. So oh, now Skidmore, that's right. I got I gotta have the collection going. Which is uh, my salt connection. Skidmore is salt. Yeah. Yes, sir. I didn't I didn't even know who. I mean, I, I've seen his face, but being able to sit in here and speak and kind of hear a little bit of his story. It was uh, cool. Yeah, and I haven't even gotten the full gambit of it, but. He's a cool guy. I love his. I love his energy. Yeah, he's fun. We just did an episode not too long ago. It was super fun. Did, wait, did Skidmore sit in his seat? No, he's oh. he is deathly allergic to cats, so we had to do it off site. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Well, my cat's allergic to you. <laughs> You're at it." No, I'm just kidding. Anyways, Derek, so um, your books. Thanks for your books. <laughs> Thanks for giving that gift to the world. Um, so, tell us what you do as a mentor. Because I understand a little bit of it, but yeah. tell me like what that looks like for you. Because that is your career, right? That's right. your career path, but it's also your passion. So yes. tell us about that. Yeah, so mentor, it can look, um, it can look differently in many different ways. Uh, it, it just depends on the type of mentorship that you do, and I dabble in all of them. Like we do group group mentorship. Uh, we do, um, I do mentorship through the Oklahoma City Police Department. Uh, you have interest based mentorship, which is just what are you interested in, and let me kind of. And then there's this coaching aspect in that I'm not really because mentorship is like it's not not your parent, not your brother, not your friend. Like the mentorship is very specific. Right. So it's coaching. Um, that's a very specific thing. Like I'm not here to, to be buddy, buddy with you. I'm telling you where you suck and where you can get better. Right. And so I have, I have several different of those relationships that exist. Um, and then there's this this educational leadership mentorship uh, component where um there's there's not necessarily a um, a consistent interaction, but it's sort of like a come and go. Like I come check in, deposit, make sure you got it, and then I'm out. 
And then there's this uh, mentorship from a distance, which is has become my most interesting, like I'm interested in the most recently. And it's uh, this concept of mentoring across time, right? So in the way that Kevin Hart mentors people from a distance or Bill Cosby from, from a distance or David Goggins from a distance, like those guys are mentoring people from, and they have no idea that they're mentoring people from a distance. And so there's these multiple layers of mentorship, of relationship, of coaching that people fall under in many different ways. But I'll say the ones that I do the most is probably this interest-based and then uh, this group-based mentoring. I've kind of phased out of the one-on-one as much just Mm because that's a little intense for the phase of life that I'm in right now, interacting with people once a week, text messages, phone calls, keeping in touch with their mates or spouses and their kids and birthdays and like that type of mentorship if done well there's a huge crossover in the the lives that you live there's almost a blur mm-hmm. right my mentor is over to my house uh, i'm celebrating his birthday his birthday is on next monday like i just kind of going through these things if you do mentorship right that's really intense and then the other side is group mentorship which is what i do with the oklahoma city police department which means that we get big chunks of kids in uh, we talk to them about some leadership principles kind of have maybe some one-offs here and there um, and then I see you again next week. So yeah. those are the two main things that I do primarily right now. But the one that interests me the most is that from a distance, like across time, across space, you don't even know you're my mentor, but I'm watching and I'm gleaning. Mm. That one is interesting to me. Yeah, just seeing the influence. And I think I've always been more um, afraid of like what influence am I having on people that I don't know. <laughs> yes. And it can be easy to freak yourself out and not, engage in any way like I could not do a podcast because I'm like what if I say something wrong right well you know then we we apologize we move on we grow but or or not apologize yeah and it's and grow and move on yeah and it's man it's it's intense but I love mentorship like and and I don't know you well enough but that has been like a heartbeat it's been like the undercurrent for what I do it's actually the reason I started this podcast is because mm-hmm. I was having these conversations with dear friends and they were all these women. And I was like, I'm having the same conversation eight times with my friends. Why am I not having these, these topics in a place where many people can access it? How right. can we, you know, make this scaled where we have important conversations and allow people to um, engage, which is cool. Um, Definitely. So like, man, I, uh, I'm just flooded with questions already Shoot. outside of everything that I already wrote down. <laughs> um, but first, how did you get into mentorship? I know in your in the intro we talked a little bit about like your relationship with your dad and watching him do that, yeah. and that's in your bio, and, and just how that impacted you. But um, how did you – what was that journey for you? Yeah, yeah. I remember um, very specifically my dad uh, – we would pick up kids, you know, on the north side of Tulsa, and dad would feed them, wash their clothes, teach them a sport and a skill. They would come over to the house and stay the night, uh, just really involved. In fact, one of the, the biggest growth opportunities for myself uh, has been with my wife because I told her, I was like, I grew up knowing the, the only thing I've ever known I wanted to be was a dad. And she was like, well, how would you plan on, plan on doing that without being a husband? I was like, I don't know. I didn't think about it. <laughs> So we're like five, ten years into our marriage, and I'm like, hey, I think I want to be a husband now. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and so just like the work that comes with this uh, unfolding, this evolution of the individual, of discovering what their interests are and what their passions are and what they want to do, 
Uh, and I've always known, always known, wanted to be like my dad in that he was a great father to me and he was a great mentor to others, right? And so I, I remember my dad, um, he, he would drive this red truck and he would pick kids up. And uh, there was this moment where uh, uh, I come out of the house and he's he's in the passenger seat. And I'm like, oh, like it's my turn. Like dad is passing the baton, right? And it's, it's crazy because from, from then on, 16, 17, 18, working at Salvation Army Boys and Girls Club, being a supervisor there, going on to uh, school in Iowa, uh, being a supervisor there, mentoring other people, coming back home, uh, working at University of Central Oklahoma, being a uh, athletic uh, and intramural supervisor there, uh, mentoring you know freshmen and sophomores in that job, being uh, a senior in the KH, KHS club uh, with kinesiology and human uh, and, and health sciences, being there, and then being over at uh, uh, Chesapeake Energy and mentoring young professionals there. Like, it's just always been this place where I've been teaching, I've been sharing my experience, but I think it all goes back to that moment I walk out the front door, and my dad is like, all right, I've been telling you. You've been watching me do all this work, picking kids up, feeding them, giving them advice, teaching them sports. Like, you've been seeing this for years, literally since I was six, seven, eight years old. It's been what my dad, is, what my dad did. And, he, and, and I come out the house, and he's in the fashion receipt. So it's like, all right, this is wow. what we do. Like, this is, this is literally what we do is help other people. Generationally, this is what wow. I believe we've been set aside to yeah. do. And that's what I've been walking in since I was 16. Whoa, what a story. I think it's encouraging to hear because I think a lot of people, me included, like so much of our story comes out of our pain and to hear your story come out of intentionality and like that family relationship is just so heartwarming and inspiring and I appreciate that. Um, So, man, so when was it that you decided to make a career out of this or how did that happen? So I remember uh, working at Chesapeake Energy, mm-hmm. and I was the recreation coordinator there. I coordinated all their employee act- activities. Pause. Let's say hey to Janita Swain. Hey, Janita. What up, Janita? She's my new friend. Hey, hey girl. She, hey, yeah. girl. She all right. She all right. Let's not gas her up too much. You know, <laughs> her head is already big. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Anyways, okay. Hey, yeah. Janita. But, yes, you were at Chesapeake. I'm at, I'm, I'm at Chesapeake, and, you know, Janita come wobbling across. No, I'm just trying to <laughs> Oh, bro. <laughs> so I'm there, and uh, toward the back end, I was there uh, maybe five, six years at this time. I was there a little under, little under eight when I left, about five, six years. Um, they started requiring these trainings. Mm-hmm. And uh, who sold my cheese, who moved my cheese, you know, type of things. Yeah, go yeah. down there. And I had this, uh, this, uh, this lady named Danielle who uh, she was on a team that would coordinate these trainings. And I think she wanted to do a little bit more than was being done. And so, me being a games guy, I went to school for games. That's what I did. Games and activities, I, I literally went to school for it. Which I didn't know you could get a degree in that, but cool. Me neither. Me neither. I, backstory, pause on that one. I'm at OU. I, I go to OU first. Health and sports science. You have to apply to get into their program. Yeah. You have to apply to get into the school. You get accepted. Then you have to apply to get into the program. If you don't make it into the program, you have to wait a whole other year to apply. And so, I'm like, forget that. You know, so I started looking around. I get to UCO, did the same thing, uh, the kinesiology program, and they have exercise and sports science is their equivalent to HSS at OU. And so I get there, and uh, the, the counselor, the guidance counselor, was like, 
so what do you want to do? I was like, well, you know, I'm an athlete, and I love people, and, you know, she was like, well, it looks like you signed up for health and sports science. I was like, yeah, but I'm not really a fitness guy. Like, I love food. Like, my body just feels comfortable at 260. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just, it just, it hovers around that way. It's like, I'm the guy that wakes up in the middle of the night, and I, like, get a glass of milk and, like, oh my chug some Oreos. Like, I'm that guy that... <laughs> It's, I don't know if my lifestyle matches up with my degree. I don't want to oh have my this gosh. degree. <laughs> Which, yes, what book is it? Book of Lists. My Life of Lists. Let's talk about putting on your socks. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Anyways, you guys have to get the book to check it out. But gosh. So, so, so I go, and he's uh, like, what about recreation management? Um, at the time, it was outdoor rec. Or it's outdoor rec now. It was recreation management. Then I was like, what's that? It was like, yeah, I mean, you spend lots of time outdoor, learning activities, team building, leadership. I was like. That's it. That's it. So my degree is in kinesiology with an emphasis in recreation management. Play. Back to the other story. So <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm sitting with her, and, and I'm like, man, we're, we are in this three-hour, four-hour training. And these guys are getting up there, and they're clicking this PowerPoint, and they're turning it back to the audience. I mean, every really, corporate training you've ever been oh to. Oh, my gosh. He's got this we got some role-playing games and a whiteboard, yeah. some giant Post-its. All right, guys, we're going to... Hey, guys, you be the customer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? and you all can't see me, but I'm, like, shooting, like, from the hip. He's got like, his finger guns. Yeah, hey. I'm like, hey, guys, hey, hey, hey. It's so bad. <laughs> and I was like, there, it has to be better. It has to be better. Yeah. And so she's like, well... So she would spend her, her lunchtime with me. And wow. we would have these big whiteboards, and we would just be drawing out all these ideas, and what does it take to do, mm-hmm. and what would you do differently, blah, blah, blah. So I uh, reach out to Hedy, because Hedy at this time is developing his go-in process mm-hmm. and um, go-in approach. Sorry, Hedy, go-in approach. He's kind of fleshing this thing out, and he was like, hey, man, um, I, w- I want to work with you. I'll, I'll, work with, I'll work with you. And I was like, bet. And so for four hours, Hedy and I, I drive to Guthrie, and we trap ourselves in this room at the top of this big brick building. I walk in, and he's got, like, cereal boxes and blocks and crayons and <laughs> post-it notes. And I'm like, what did I walk into? Not knowing that that Is it I a would... preschool or is it leadership? <laughs> we cannot tell. It's the same. <laughs> right? And so little did I know, like, eight years later, I'd be doing the same thing. So I walk in oh, now man. with some of the same things. So I like to say Hedy was well aware ahead of his time he i mean was, dude is for amazing. sure we're not going to turn this into a, to eddie love fest i feel like we easily could yeah a lot of my episodes end up there <laughs> he's such a good guy yeah but and so um and so from there um eddie gives me some instructions one of his instructions was don't charge anything the first year you already have a job like we're transitioning mm-hmm. out. So for a year, follow people, wow. read books, carry bags, hand out post-it notes. Like he's just go serve. And while you're serving, observe. Come on, that's a quote. While you serve, observe. Mm. That's from Hedy. That's a Hedy original. While you're serving these people, just observe what they're doing. And then that next year, people start inviting me out. Except for this time, I was getting paid to do it. Yeah. Which is really cool. Slight overlap. As I'm preparing to jump to launch into the abyss of uh, self-employment and entrepreneurship, uh, Chesapeake uh, transitions from Aubrey to Doug. Uh, Aubrey goes over, um, creates American energy. Doug comes in from Texas. Uh, He's a bottom line guy. I can't hate that. Cuts all the fun stuff. I'm part of the fun stuff, which makes sense. Yeah. When you got a 65,000 square foot facility that's dedicated to exercising games on an oil and gas campus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, 
a little ridiculous. Sometimes still, I'll drive by Chesapeake, and I'm like, I don't understand anything about this campus. <laughs> Why you guys got a preschool and a garden? I am so Ooh, lost. Yeah. A little bee farm out there. Anyways, I mean, it's cool, but I'm like. Parking oh, garage underground. Did you know that? No. It's under the athletic field. Wild. It's crazy. The filtration system there is. Anyhow, we're not going to talk anyway, about it. Anyway, yeah. But it's, it's absolutely amazing. So I'm getting ready to jump, and they cut me. You're like, ooh. Yeah, which was probably more of a, a push. I didn't yeah. get the jump. It was kind of just push out. But it ended up being, I would say, you let my wife tell it, probably one of the greatest things um, that has happened. And that, you know, that's a point there, too. Like, sometimes you get the jump. Other times life will push you yeah. into your purpose. For, for us stubborn people, like, the universe is waiting. It is parched. It is craving for what we have. And the world will turn the wind will shift, the waves will collide, and you will be in the middle, falling into your purpose, right? Sometimes we don't get the opportunity to, to jump, we get pushed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think anybody that's been pushed into something, uh, the uncertainty of it is, it creates so much anxiety, it creates uh, the sense of not knowing, of unpredictability, but it's like a great ride. It's that coming over the top of the mountain, over the, the roller coaster. Yeah. And you don't know what the heck's on the other side, but you're yelling and screaming and smiling the whole time. It's like, oh, I can't yes. pay my rent. Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how my kids are going to get to school. Uh, yeah. And you come back up a year later. Two what years an later. analogy. But the whole time you strapped in. Strapped in for the ride. Yeah, man. Strapped in. Now, Love I got to admit, I got to admit, you know, like, there's this concept, and I think this is probably like a, a business class. It's like a master's class of how do you transition into your purpose. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people feel like it's it's a I got to sever ties to everything that I was doing and do this only. But I think there's an opportunity for your job to fuel your dream. There's, yeah. a, there's an opportunity for that to happen. And that's not everybody's line. It's not everybody's destiny. But I think some people, they just kind of get this one singular way of becoming self-employed, of becoming a business owner, being an entrepreneur. And they see these uh, Gary V's and they see these, you know, Eric Thomas's and they see how these guys yeah. that are doing these great things. And they're standing on stage and they're like, quit your job tomorrow. You're built for this. And I'm like, no. Bro, what's your net worth again? <laughs> exactly. Like, <laughs> you owe, you're negative. Bruh. Don't jump. Don't listen to the guy that's worth $100 million. God. And I think, you know, on entrepreneurship, the more I'm in it, the more I'm like, there are no two stories the same. They're not. Every single one. And, and I did all this research and I asked all these people, like, how did, how, what was your transition like? What was your transition like? What was your transition like? And mine was nothing like any of them. <laughs> There's always, like, for me, there was the overlap phase where I'm doing both, but it's, every one is so unique. And to me, it didn't feel like a strain. I don't know if that's me looking back with rose colored glasses on mm-hmm. 2020, but it didn't feel, it was hard, but it didn't feel like I was dying Yeah. to, to make this thing work, you know, yeah. in, in a really unhealthy way. And I don't know. But, yeah, the stories are all so, so different that it's hard to compare and say, I'm going to do what that guy did. Probably not. Probably not. No, no, no. Yeah. And it's definitely not prescriptive. Like, it's, yeah. it's descriptive. It's not, you can't write on a sheet of paper and tell somebody, go do that. It's saying, this is what happened to me. This is what I did. Yeah. Like, pull from that what applies to you. Exactly. And and make it work. But it's not prescriptive. Nobody's story is prescriptive. Right. And and no matter what you do on day one, it's not going to look the same. Okay. Probably in five minutes, much less five days or five years. 
closer to five minutes. Yeah, five minutes. And so I made that call, and they answered, and I got my first big deal, and it's like, yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. No, um, so that's how I got into it. Sorry, Chesapeake. So you got pushed, pushed out the plane. Yes, I, but I had been doing a year's worth of work before. Good, and yeah. And so the transition was rather smooth. And I had a lot of people come in and insulate me as well. Sure. I have uh, Regina Banks, who um, owns our own business, and she does website development. And uh, I called her my brand manager. Um, she also created my website, cards, surveys. Stuff. You know what I mean? Like, she just helped me out a bunch. Hetty on another side. Um, Greg Hawks was another guy out at uh, the Hawks agency. He was really good. Uh, Scott Williams gave me some advice as well. Scott Williams. Yeah. And so I just had, you know, a few people. Paradigm, um, Jared Murr, Ryan Eller with Paradigm Shift. Um, they gave me um, lots of, of good advice. In fact, uh, they, so another thing that Hetty did for me, and I tell this story until I'm blue in the face. Um, when I told Hetty what I wanted to do, he invited eight people to Guthrie. And he set me at a table, and for two hours, they just rotated through. And they just asked me questions and gave me advice and connected me to people. And, and Jared Murr, who was at that meeting, is the guy who's the CEO of Paradigm Shift right now. And um, I'm partnering with him to do some really great things uh, by servicing um, black students in the collegiate level. So uh, I don't know. Just that thing come full circle. Mm-hmm. Um, by the time I was pushed out, it was almost, it wasn't a hard landing. It was it was a soft landing. Not to say there wasn't some growing pains, right? Uh, but it was a it was a it was a fair. The universe was kind, kind, right? yeah, and, yeah. And her and her boot to the back, and her <laughs> kick to the booty. Boom, get out of here! I was like, <laughs> yes, thank you. Yeah, and I I think, gosh, and I've said this before, but it's like none of us is self made, especially entrepreneurs. There's none of us that get no, out. I hate that word. Uh, yeah, and there's no nobody that gets out and starts a business. The only reason I have a business now is because I gave up on my life in 2018. <laughs> And I was like, I have no vision. I have no nothing. I'm just going to give my time and energy to the city of Oklahoma City. And so I, like, I got involved in Creative Mornings. Yeah. I started volunteering there with Hannah. That's how I met Hetty. Yeah. And uh, through the nonprofit community. And like everything that I did in 2018 with no motive, nothing but like, well, I'm unhappy, so I'll just serve your vision. Yeah. And that was literally it. And that's the only reason I have a business now. And people are like, how did you get your business to grow? And I'm like, I served people with no expected yeah. reciprocity for yeah. two years of my life. Wow. And you can't tell people how to do that. Right. Because I can tell you to do it. Mm-hmm. But if in the back of your mind you're thinking, okay, Andrew said to do this and I'm going to start a business, like that's your motive. You're breaking rule number one. So <sighs> it's really hard. I think for me, my business was birthed out of a death. You know, it was a beginning from an ending. So Man, yes, everything comes, like you're saying, all these people you name, like I could sit here, I mean, we both could, we could sit here and talk all day about, okay, let's just name names of every person who's helped us along My the way. Goodness. We don't have the time. We don't. Yeah, so. And if we tried, we leave people off. Yeah, and it's sad, and I'm already, I'm trying to scribble down names as you're saying them, and you just got so many, I love it. Um, man, okay, well, let's take a quick break, and I want to get, because I need to go to the bathroom, <laughs> that's why he's laughing. I'm going to be honest. I told I was like, bro, we're going to take a break halfway through because <laughs> I know myself. I know myself. And it's my podcast, right? That's it's my saying. podcast. It's my rules. And my now everyone knows my secret. The ad break is so I can <laughs> use the restroom halfway <laughs> through our out. recording. I make it about a half an hour and I'm like, yeah, it's about time. About that time. <laughs> about that time. Um, but we're going to take a quick restroom break. <laughs> 
while you listen to some ads. And then we're going to dive a little bit deeper into mentorship. When people ask about your business, what do you say? How do you describe your products or services? Are you selling yourself short because you just can't put it into words? You're good at what you do, but it's not always easy to communicate that with simplicity. I'll help you clarify your mission and communicate your value with a hype kit. This process will help you cut through the noise and share the very best of what you do. For all the details and the good stuff you'll get out of this process, email me at andrea at strategic-hype.com to get yours today. Hey friends, if your to-do list is overflowing, you need to meet my friend, Rebecca Mills. She's a virtual assistant that will take your to-dos and turn them into done. She helps business owners and speakers prioritize their lives and focus on their area of expertise. Rebecca uses her natural eye for detail, her creative problem solving, and delivers excellence every time. Whether you need podcast production, social media management, or creative processing, Rebecca is ready to help you achieve more. Check out the show notes for her contact info and book your free discovery call today. We're back in. I really do want to get like a little. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I don't. I don't know how to do that. That's beyond my capabilities at this point. No, but we just got to add it in. I'm in sure. Heading episodes, knows. he does know. In 50 <laughs> more episodes, you're going to be there though. Yeah. Yes. I'm going to be like applause. a DJ with some. Yeah. That would be dope. During the podcast, you're going to be your own break. All right, we're going to take a little five minute break. Yeah. Let's That's get nice. some beats. More than ones and twos. No, I'm not. I'm not that cool. No. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. I'm starting to to notice my age. I'm like, I don't know what that word means, fellow yeah. children. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> this is this is more fun. Okay, uh, we're we're maybe having too much fun. Impossible. Impossible. Let's go. Okay, so back on the mentorship train. Yes. So I want to get deep into a lot of the mentorship, but. I just know, like, this is a topic I'm really passionate about because when I was younger, and when I say young, I mean, like, in my 20s, um, I remember specifically asking different women. There's, like, three, four, five women in my church, and I was like, hey, I really, really want some mentorship in my life. Mm-hmm. You know, is that something you're interested in discussing? And they would all say yes. And then they would meet with me once and then never, ever follow up again. Yeah. Or they would never answer my questions or they they would be like yeah totally and then when I moved to Oklahoma City I was having such a hard time I mean as I said in 2018 that was like my dark year Mm -hmm. but I I would ask all of the leaders around me I asked my boss I asked his assistant I asked our CEO I asked everybody I was like hey who do you know that wants to do some mentorship? Because I, I can't, I, I'm in a tough season. I don't want to walk alone. And like not one person would ever respond to that. Yeah. And it just broke my heart. And so like back in the day, this is back when I was living in Georgia in early 2000s, I just remember taking that mantle, that frustration. And that's my personality too. Like I'm just going to fix it. I'm going to do what somebody didn't do for me. Mm-hmm. And that's my way to fight back against injustice so I just invested a ton of time into mentoring college students we were in a college town 
And some of those girls I still talk to to this day. And we have really great conversations and just have carried on some of that. And then even here, mentoring people in uh, not as much in career, but like just in their seasons of life and their people in their 20s. And especially young women and just walking through them. And, and I remember a long time ago, uh, a long time ago is relevant because I don't know what day or year it is anymore. But <laughs> you and Hetty, somebody else, y'all did something at the Treasury. Mm-hmm. And it was something about mentorship. I don't even remember what it was called. Yeah. And I walked in and I was, there's all, I, I think there's only like one other woman there. And I was definitely the only white person. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, yes, this mm-hmm. is amazing. I'm going to learn something so amazing and different from just a different lens. But, like, you talked about mentorship in a way that nobody really had defined it. You were so intentional. And I was like, whoa. And it made me really examine the mentorship relationships that I was in. Because I, I was like, I went back to the two women I was mentoring. And I was like, okay, before we do anything else, you guys need to define for me what a win is. Yeah. Because we're doing this life on life meeting week after week. Like, what's in your heart? What's mm-hmm. going on? How's your future? What are we wrestling with? But it made me reexamine, like, hey, what is a win for you? What are you wanting to get out of this relationship? Where do you want to go? How do you know when you get there? And it was so eye-opening to me because I had never really defined mentorship or some people call it discipleship, depending on who you're talking to, but, um, so it made me approach mentorship completely differently. And before even started again with anybody new, I said, I need to know what this relationship looks like to you because Mm -hmm. I know what I think it is. But if I approach it from my perspective, you're not going to get out of it what you want. Right. And then none of us is going to be happy. Right. So I know that you are, you talk about being mentored by someone and then mentoring in a lot of different ways, but like, Describe those relationships for me. And I guess on on the side of you being a mentor, mm-hmm. just pick the one that you do the most. Because I know you said there's like right. individual, group, you know, distance, all that. But just pick, I guess, the one that you're most passionate about or do the most. But what does that look like on both sides as someone who's being mentored and coached and then as a mentor to others? Yeah, so I'll just kind of zone in on the one-on-one mentoring. Yeah. Right. Because I feel like that has the most traceable impact yeah that is the i pour in i get out i sow and i see um and i think that's that's really what people are looking for not only when they mentor but when they're being mentored right and so uh i'll I'll talk about that Uh, and i'll get even more specific in uh because there are the one-on-one mentors i have um Pastor Mark, who's a Nazarene pastor in Edmond, he's a like a spiritual dad, right? And then I have a, a professional mentor, right? And then I have people that are married, right? And they speak in. I have fathers that speak in. And so there's all these different areas where it is one-on-one, but they're very unique, right? Mm-hmm. And if this guy who's a, a spiritual mentor tries to talk about business, it's like, nah, like, you stay in your lane. Like, that's that's why I come, which is why yeah. establishing what a win is. What do you right. want to get out of? I'm coming to you because I crave spiritual mentorship, a spiritual father. So there's this guy. I'll talk about the guy who I mentor and then another guy who mentors me. There's another guy um, who uh, re- 
recently. I've known him for years. I'll say uh, 2012, 2013. Um, and we've connected just over the years in multiple ways, working projects together, basketball, church, just kind of all these different ways. And he's recently gotten married. And so our relationship has changed, mm -hmm. right? And, and it's not that it's a, a, a complete 180. It's not going in, in a different direction. It's not that it made a heart left, heart right. So it's not that we went, uh, like our relationship changed and it went in the opposite direction or it made a heart left or heart right, but just a slight adjustment, right? And so now we're not talking about being uh, men, per se. Like, what is it like being a man in this world? What is it like being a business person? It's very specific. A lot of it is around marriage, right? Which is really cool because I've never... This is new for me. Mm -hmm. I've, I've always shied away from marriage mentorship specifically. And so he's kind of like grandfathered himself into this position where it's like, if I would have met you a week ago and you'd be like, man, I just got married. I need a mentor. I'd have been like, ooh, I don't know, man. Like, I just <laughs> I just found out I wanted to be a husband 10 years ago. You know, it's like, <laughs> and so it's just kind of this concept of uh, now I have to pull on a different place mm -hmm. in me in order to be what he needs and what he wants. And that's the heart of mentoring. The heart of mentoring is, do I have in me what the other person needs or wants? Which to me makes sense why uh, you reached out to people and you're asking for help, for relationship, for mentorship. To me, it lets me know that they didn't have it in them to provide you what you needed. I always tell people this, like, the greatest villains wanted to be heroes, Man, all of the greatest villains wanted to be heroes. And what happened was, is that those villains were denied by other heroes. I'll give you this example. The Incredibles, right? It's the little kid who came in there yeah. and he had all these little inventions. And like, let like, me help. Let me help. And he was like, just go away. Yeah. From that, from that moment, you think about uh, Penguin, right? He just he he was the byproduct of other people's mm -hmm. mistakes or mishandling him well. The Joker misunderstood. You know what I'm saying? Like all these yeah, people, yeah. they I think the greatest villains wanted to turn out to be. And so in the same way that you said, you know what? Fine. I don't I don't need a mentor. I don't want a mentor. I'll just go do what I, I'll be what I needed. Right. Right. But even that can, if if not harnessed correctly, can be a bad way to mentor sure. because we mentor out of hurt, out of pain, out of spite. Mm -hmm. And if people don't want to listen to you, you don't listen to them. You know, we give yeah, all yeah, this yeah. advice, right? And so I think, I think the heart of mentoring is having in you what someone else needs. And that is uh, self-awareness on our end, mm -hmm. right? What do I have it? Do I have it? Because I got a lot, but do I have that? Right. You want that. Do I have that? that? So now it switches over to the person, the people who mentors me, Pastor Mark. Right. I go to Pastor Mark for very specific things. Right. Because he has in him. He said, I got it. And I was like, I need it. Right. Very specific. I go to Pastor Mark because he has what I need. We're, we're mentors and mentees get frustrated is when we don't express our expectations, or our intentions. And we continue to show up and be disappointed. Oh, I'll say it again. Yeah. That's where we get frustrated. That's where our frustration comes from, because we show up. We don't express what we need or what we want. We don't express our intent, but we keep showing up and we get frustrated because they don't have what we need. We, we're, we're, tr we're trying to make, we're trying to create someone into something to be something for us, and they can't. That's right. in marriage. That's in friendship. Mm. That's in jobs. That's good. They can't, they can't be, they don't have the capacity to be it. 
but because we're familiar with them and we put them on this pedestal or we've mm-hmm. uh, attributed all of these credentials and things yeah. to them. Or we but, just want to be around them yeah. and we're using mentorship as the guys. And they don't have it. Right. They don't have the ingredient. They don't have it. They don't have. They can be a friend. Yeah. They can be a brother, a sister, play cousin. They can be all those things. But what they can't be is a mentor because that's a very specific role. Man, that is so good. Wow. Um, This is going to be a quotable episode. I'm feeling it. But like, (laughs) also, I think you hit on something really important that every, I think it's easy, especially when you're young, to look for one relationship to satisfy all your needs. Yeah. And your uh, approach to mentorship, like you described, well, I have a spiritual mentor and I have a business mentor and I have, like, it's so healthy because every relationship that means something to you in your life mm-hmm. brings something different. Yeah, something unique. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, like you said, like, I have a business coach who is also a friend, but her spiritual life is so different from mine. Mm-hmm. We talk a lot, but that's not, I, I get something different, even if there is overlap, you know, yeah. there's, there's just so much richness in so many people mm-hmm. that we, it's very dangerous to try and make one person almost our relational Messiah and say, you're going to have behavior, especially, wow. you know, young people do that in marriage or yeah. dating relationships. Like this person is everything. I'm like, Oh, danger, danger. I can't live without them. I don't see oh. life without them. I'm like, I'll chop you in your throat and like you in this room. <laughs> I'm going to chop you in your throat. That's a new one. I'm going to use it. Um, Wow. Okay. So, so I want to chime in on that real quick. Yeah, do it. Right. Because when we, um, I, I, w- I want to say this for everybody that's out there listening and you're looking for a mentor or you want to be a mentor. If you, if you claim to be a mentor or you're looking for a mentor or whatever this mentor relationship is, right? Expertise. This is where the quote starts. Expertise is not transferable. Whoa. Because I'm a pastor and I'm a spiritual authority does not mean I should be consulted on money or business transactions. I see that in the church all the time because I give you authority in this area that transfers to every area in my life. Your doctor is over your physical well-being, right? right? Mm -hmm. They can chime in into some mental health, but that is not their expertise, right? Right. That's why you have mental health professionals. Right. That's why you have business people. That's why you have accountants. That's why you have, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I I don't, I think people... The danger of making one person everything is that because they're really good in one area, you take their advice in all things. Man, that and, is so good. Yeah, and, and and we all know that love covers the multitude of faults, right? Right, right. And so it's like, so they're good in this area. They gave me advice. Ah, I'll shake it off. It didn't work. Darn it, right? Yeah. But they're good in this, and so they're salvageable in every area because of their expertise in one. Mm. That's another one. They're salvageable in every expert other area because they're 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 an expertise in one and i think that's the danger of mentorship when you don't disperse the weight or when you don't disperse the load and you put it on one person not only do you set that person up to fail but you set that person to to burn out as well wow right because you're you're not calling if i'm if i look at the phone i got people that call me right now on this phone and as soon as i see their name i know what the conversation is mm-hmm. i know exactly what it is yeah. but i have some people who pull on me in a lot of different areas, and those calls don't get picked up as much, mm. right? It's a text because I don't know what to expect. What is our relationship? We haven't expressed anything. You haven't said. You said you want everything. 
I can't give you everything. I don't have that capacity. Yeah. I can give you one, maybe two, which is why it's very important to define those relationships. Woo. Man, we could shut it down after that. That was good. You preach it now. Um, so practically, if somebody is like, hey, I'm looking for a mentor. Yeah. Where do we even start with that? I think that's a really good idea. So uh, if it's a faith-based mentor, well, I'll rewind. What area of mentorship do you want? Sure. Right. Is it in marriage and relationships? Is it in health and wellness? Is it in finances? Is it in business? Is it in spirituality? Is it wh- whatever it is you're saying? And that takes some work on us as individuals mm-hmm. to be self-aware enough to identify the area that we need work in, that we need mentorship in. Once you find that, I then would say, what's the next best plug, right? Is there a warm handoff, right? Is there a warm handoff from Hedy to Andrea, right? Is, there, is, that yeah. a, is that a warm handoff? Or if there is no warm handoff, then maybe it's a place where I already exist. So if it's business, right, and it's in the area that I'm working, well, let me go up a level to a manager or a supervisor. Right. If I'm at Chick-fil-A and I want to, I don't want to do fries my whole life, I want to work the front counter, hey, Mr. Manager, like, I want to work the front counter. How do I get there? Right. Right. Hey, pastor, I don't I don't want to be at this level anymore. Like, I think there's something more to this. I'm not necessarily saying that I want to become a pastor or a preacher or a teacher, but somebody disciple me. Is there discipleship step? Yeah. Churches, listen to that. I wish I could say that with a megaphone. I mean, you have to don't have get a, me started. a decis- intentional discipleship step. Right? That's not a group that meets on Tuesdays. It doesn't happen from the pulpit. Right. It does not. It happens in one-on-one relationship, right? With, with friction. With friction, with conflict. Yeah. With, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. Anyway. I got, I got derailed. But <laughs> first step is what area do I need to be mentored in? Second step is I need to find someone, right? And you find through those areas. And then three, I think you need to make your intentions very clear. Mm-hmm. Very clear. If we don't make them clear, we'll ask for everything. Mentorship get burns out. They'll become one of those people where you'll call the phone and they won't answer. Or they won't reply. They'll find a reason to not meet with you. But it's very specific. Mm-hmm. And you can be as intentional as possible. 30 minutes every other week, one hour every other week. Right. Skype, Zoom. Like, I just want some dedicated time where you can pour into me. I think that's very important. Those are three very practical steps. One, what area do I need to be mentored in? Two, what avenues can I explore to make that connection? And then three, be very intentional about the type of mentorship that you want. Those expectations are necessary. Man, so good. Um, so now on the flip side of that, if yes. you want to help mentor other people, where do you start? Yeah, yeah, the same way. So th- it flows up and it flows down. Mm-hmm. If I'm in a position, now i got to find people, right? So if I'm a, a manager at a Chick-fil-A, I'll just do Chick-fil-A, i got to go back and talk. Because it's to- almost lunchtime and so- we hungry. <laughs> I gotta go back. I gotta go back and be like, "Hey, uh, man, you've been slinging these waffle fries like crazy. Like, you're making me hungry, dude. <laughs> do you have any desire to advance? Do you have any desire to advance? Or if I'm a cop, right now, I'm going to law enforcement stuff at Metro Tech and Francis Tuttle. I'm going to high schools, and I'm like, "Hey, like, I want I want more people to be in law enforcement that have good hearts and they're able to. Right? Would you like to come do that? If I if I'm a if I'm a chef, I'm checking out the sous chefs." Mm-hmm. Hey, you got any desire to? And so that, that responsibility is on us as well. If we as mentors get all this knowledge and all this experience and the, the pipeline of information and wisdom stops at us, it bottlenecks at us, right. then we have not done our part in making sure that the information continues to go. That for me, that young black boys 
continue to, to be built up and encouraged and given a platform and connect with other black professionals. If I don't do that, the same way my dad did to me, the same way that Haiti's doing to me, the same way the pastor's doing the same mm-hmm. way that they're doing it to me, then I've done a disservice and I haven't stewarded that mentorship well. Yeah, and I think that's where I see so much overlap in living in a really healthy community, um, which, you know, what is it? Spoiler alert, we're talking to Hetty about community coming up soon. But um, there is so much overlap in mentorship and community because when you mentor, even if it's a one-on-one, you're doing it for the betterment of the community, especially yeah. with what you're doing um, with young black students. Like, mm-hmm. it's there's such a ripple effect in all of our lives and I know that my influence is um, it's just exponentially larger in a smaller setting, yeah. which feels crazy. But, you know, it's the one-on-one relationships where you can influence people, whether they're, it's a mentorship relationship or not. But that overflows into the community. Yeah. And when you do good, people do good. And so there's just so much overlap into that. Um, mentorship is just one way that we practice vibrant community. And I love it. I love it so much. It's a great quote. Yeah. I love that. Hear that? My Rebecca, quote that. Quote me on that yeah. when you edit this episode. <laughs> Rebecca, vibrant mentorship. What'd community. Community. Synergy. Axiom. I don't know. I'm just saying leadership words. Leadership words. At this point. <laughs> Pick any of those, Rebecca. Synergy. Those. Yeah. Um, so one question before we one or two more questions. Um I as a white woman, mm-hmm. single white woman, how can I practically ex- assist young people of color yeah. in this world? Like what's just a practical thing that I can do? Yeah. One of the words that I've been using um instead of privilege mm-hmm. is advantage. Yeah. Right. That's that. Uh, that causes people to stop and pause a little bit more because you're privileged. Like, Ugh! like it's, it's almost been weaponized, right? The right. Word, which is, I don't, I don't necessarily think it's a bad word, um, but I've, for the sake of lower conflict, I've used advantage, right? Right. And um, I think that uh, color advantage is a very um, specific advantage, right? There's so many other, right? There's socioeconomic. Uh, Advantage, right? There's uh, physical and athletic advantages. There's all these right. privileges and advantages that we have, right? And expertise, right? If I go to North Tulsa and I bring somebody with me who's not from the hood, I have the advantage, right? Right. As, you know, that's my my privilege in a sense. And I don't want to step on toes. I know somebody's listening to this right now and they're like, right? But one of the things that I talk to a lot of people who are outside mm-hmm. the community and who want to come into this specific people group and help is I ask them to leverage their advantage on behalf of the people they want to help. So expose them to things that uh, they may not have seen and don't assume that they haven't seen it, right? This is where relationship comes in. This is where conversation takes place. Hey, how you doing? Uh, I'm just going to be hanging around for a while, and I assume you're going to be hanging around as well, and I'd love to get to know you, you and your friends. Uh, Maybe you can introduce me to some people, show around, you know, uh, serve and observe, Right. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's really good. And, and when you begin to, to build that relationship, how can I, as white female who want to help people who don't look like me, who did not have my background, did not have my upbringing, how can I help them? I believe the best way you can do it is share your world with them. Mm-hmm. Right. And that comes with leveraging your advantages for their on their behalf. 
that's, that's with so anybody. Good. That's with anybody. What, right. what, what can you bring to the table? What do you bring to the table? And how can you leverage that for others? Right? Because yes. when I contribute what I have, it's, it's just this potluck style. Right? Mm. I give one dish, but I get 20. Right? That's the best. That's the best kind. <laughs> when I come into a relationship and a group of people, when I come into community, I bring a thing and I'll walk away with 20. Yeah. When I walk into a room with these kids, right, I bring the running man, but I leave with all these new dances, right? <laughs> I bring <laughs> Facebook and I walk away with Instagram and TikTok yeah, and, yeah. and Snapchat. And I'm like, what? I didn't even know you could do that. I, I get so much more out, but they're only freely giving if I bring. Right. If I don't bring anything, what you doing here? Like, what are you what are you doing here? Like, why are you here? Mm-hmm. You're going to take away stuff. You're trying to come get a picture. Yeah. You're trying to like get a social media post. You're trying oh, to yeah. feel good about your Sunday guilt. You're trying to like, you know, these are all things that we hear when people come in and they don't stay. Oh, we knew they were going to stay. Mm-hmm. Like, they just came in for a little bit. But people who bring, who are invested, they take so much more away. The officers that I work with, the facilitators that I work with, the other mentors that I work with, we talk about how little we give. And how much we take away. Wow. Right? It's like, I, I just come. Like, I got a job. I got a wife and kids. And so, I guess there's some expertise att- attached to that. And I get what I have. But what I get in return is so much more because I'm dealing with 20 kids and 20 stories. And uh, 20 stories of survival and resilience. And 20 perspectives on education and money. And I get all these things. And, yeah. I, and all I brought was, hey, I'm a dad. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm married. That's all I brought. And they're like, so tell me about your relationship. And I give it. And yeah. I walk away so much. So I would say anybody that's on the outside of a people group, that's outside of a community, who wants to be involved, and they want to advocate on behalf of, and they want to contribute, you have to leverage what you have on behalf of others. Because mm-hmm. that means now you have skin in the game. Yeah. If you don't have any skin in the game, it kind of makes, it's like sharing this. Have you ever been talking to somebody, you've been spilling your guts, and then you realize you don't know anything about them, and it immediately makes and you feel like, unsafe? <laughs> It's like I'm always talking about you, and I don't know anything about you. You got all the cards. It You're makes like, oh no, yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's the same way. So, long answer longer. How can I help? How can I get involved? Mm-hmm. Well, what do you have in your hand? Bring that and use it to help build others. Whatever advantage or privilege or expertise you have, use it on behalf of the people that you you want to come serve. Mm, that's so good, so good, Derek. Thank you so much. We could talk all day. That's how I'm, I know we're in the We didn't get zone. to the books. We didn't even get to the books. Listen, okay. um, let's do some rapid fire questions let's before go. we end up. This is my favorite part. I'm back to my guns blazing. You guys can He's see got that. his finger guns blazing. Pew, 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 all right. Pew, pew. What is the best purchase under $50 that you have made recently? Under $50 that I've made recently. Um, wow. Under 50 I mean, I, I want to default to a book, but I won't do that because I'm assuming you're going to ask me about what I should be reading or maybe not. No, it's not on the list. It's not on the list? You okay, can, a book. Can, what, 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 what a book? book. It was uh, under 50 bucks. It was, um, oh, it's a team building book. It's talking about uh, games and. It's called Big Team by Derek Sire. <laughs> <laughs> it, it has, it has uh, monkeys in the title. Oh, okay. But it, it doesn't, you know, that's a. Uh, is it the monkey on my back book? It's not. Okay, no, no. I don't. It's a it's a pretty thick book. It's an academic book. Oh, okay, yep. I was gonna say. And for facilitators that are coming in the groups, like you always want to stay ahead of the curve. And right, right, right. You never want to stand in front of people and they're like, "Oh, I've done this before," and it's like, "Dang it!" Yeah, like all those yeah warm up games. Very good. We're gonna. Uh... <laughs> oh man, 
Um, okay, what is some something that you will absolutely geek out on that's not related to your family or your business? Oh, um, not family or business. Um, golf. Oh, really? I'm a golfer. Really? Uh, crochet. No so way. Anytime, like I see some, I was like, "Ooh, is that double? Is that is that triple? What is that?" Are you for real? Yeah, like I love I that. I was like, "What's the five millimeter needle? What is do that?" Do you so you do you crochet? I do crochet. Amazing. It's a favorite fast time of mine. Like I just zone out. Um, sushi. I'm a sushi guy. Okay, so where where do you get your sushi? Uh, sushi Nico is a good spot. Um, sushi Nico. I don't I don't think I've had anything better than that. It's uh it's so the standard. It the is city. the standard. They also charge you for it. Yeah, they do. Yeah, Musashi's not bad, but they're the same owners. Oh, I didn't know that. Across the street. Sweet. But people go there for the hibachi. But, but they serve sushi. Good hibachi. It is too close to lunchtime to be talking about food. <laughs> okay. And the ukulele. I play the ukulele as well. I've been dabbling in that. Wild. You're a man of varied talents. I love that so Thank much. You. I appreciate it. Um, what is an ideal Friday night for you and your family? Ooh, ideal. So we're gamers. Yes. And so we love to play games. Uh, our, our new home has this big island in the kitchen. Like we just have an open floor plan. It's just one big room. And so there's no escaping. Like if you sit at the dining room table, if you sit at the, in the, the family room, like we see everything. I just want to come over already. You should come. Don't steal our shoes. I won't steal your Don't shoes. Don't take our books. I, w- um, okay. I might Ooh. take some books. <laughs> Give me a library card, sir. <laughs> I'll bring it back, maybe. Um, so we love games. And so we'll sit around our, our big island, and we just kind of family-style eat, and we'll have, like, taboo going or... That's, like, a great like night. Yahtzee or something like that. Yeah. Um, I just got uh, Cards Against Humanity, the family version. Ooh, wait, there's a family version? There's a family version, and it's all about, like, butt jokes and farts. Yeah. It's hilarious. <laughs> I didn't know there's a family version. Yeah, it just came out, and then I was I also really love Catan. It gets incredibly violent. It's long. It's so long. Um, but I can't play that. You know, you have to have a big group, you which do. obviously I can't I haven't done that in a while. Yeah. And then uh, one of my favorite games is called Sequence. It's real, bro. You gotta check it out. Sequence. Is it like a phase? Two it's like of? you can play two people, or you can play in teams. It's it's pretty cool. It's a card game? Yeah. Okay. Well, it's kind of a card game, kind of a board game. Tell you what, I'll bring it. You invite me over. <laughs> we'll hang with the fam, and I will eat your food, volunteering myself for that. Do it. Okay, what? Now here's the shoes question. What's your favorite pair of shoes? I actually hate shoes. <sighs> okay, what's your wife's favorite pair? What's her favorite pair no of shoes? Idea. She has too many. They're all her favorite? She does. She has She has the, the, the black closed toe, the black... Uh, open toes. She's got the black strappy shoe. Mm. She's got the the three inch heel, the two inch heel, the one inch heel, the flat. She's got the summer black shoe. But they're all black shoes. I, I love this woman already. What's your wife's name? Uh, Takia. Oh, Takia. Mattress mm. is beautiful. Just makes me want to <laughs> hug her. Just the name. It's I'm this. Like, mm. after she the probably gives good hugs. Tequila Sunrise. Beautiful. She does. Um, okay. What's the cheesiest show or movie you will admit to just absolutely adoring? So I'm a softy, so oh. there's no such thing as cheesy to me. Like you love them all. Like first fifty dates, like with that is a good Drew one. Barrymore, Adam Sandler, like I love the soundtrack to that is ten out of ten. It's my favorite summer jam. It's legit. It, it's very so summery. Good. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't, I don't, I don't have a cheesy. I, I will say one that I would probably be afraid to admit, but not cheesy. Um, and my wife hates this. <laughs> Sorry, Takia. I I love like low budget. Oh no. Sci-fi movies. See, I love sci-fi. Like, what's a low budget? What's a what's a 
a bad one that you've seen? Oh, I can't even name them. I binge them. Like, it's like a Friday, Saturday night. I'll watch, like, five in a row. Oh, my gosh. And Have it, you ever seen or heard of uh, Mystery Science Theater? No. Okay, it's cheesy sci-fi. It's like... Where is it? Like, don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. Like, oh, cheesy. Oh, wow, 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 wow. Like, the yeah, yeah. like, Lurr. This is, like, cheesy, like... It's a human trapped in space with three robots, and they make fun of old movies. <laughs> Wait, old the, sci-fi. Mystery Science Theater 3000. Watch the movie. It is a show, but don't watch the show. Watch the actual MST 3K movie. Oh, that looks I'll horrible. text it to you. It's awful. Oh. Just the, the whole premise is like this guy is sent into space by a mad scientist, and his punishment is... Like, he's doing human experiments on this man to watch old movies. And so him and his three robot friends just make fun of the movies. It's, like, the dumbest thing. And it's hilarious. The movie is, it's like an old sci-fi movie. And it's just these three guys making fun of it for, like, an hour and a half. So what's the percentage on Rotten Tomatoes do you think it is? Oh, gosh, I don't know. I have no idea. You got to guess. Zero to a hundred. It's probably somewhere in the middle. 87. Really? <laughs> 87 percent. It is like tomatoes. a cult classic. Is it? Yeah, yeah. It the feels- show is not as good. The show, they did the show on the Sci-Fi Channel where yeah. it was the same thing. Like every week they would do a different movie and they get really dumb. But the movie is just chef's kiss. It's like meatballs. Yeah, yeah. Is that meatballs? Is that a movie? Spaceballs. Spaceballs. <laughs> I was like, meatballs? No, Spaceballs. Spaceballs is excellent. I have a friend that loves it. Yeah, yeah. I cannot... I, I haven't watched it all the way through. Oh my gosh. I'm like, it's uh, very cheesy. It is. But okay, I actually love sci-fi. My fa- I think if I had to say the cheesiest show and some people don't think it's cheesy, um the Mummy franchise for Ooh, me. Yes. Especially the first one is Classic. excellent. And every one after that gets progressively worse. It does. By the time you get to the CGI rock, it's just like, what am I watching? <laughs> is the Scorpion? Yeah, Scorpion King. But like every time I, I, it's on TV, I'm like, well, I guess I got to watch it now. Like I just, I can't help it. So flip question on that because The Mummy is a movie that I could watch over and over Same. and over. What's another movie that you could watch over and over? Non-stop? Okay. Um, the whole Harry Potter franchise, first of all. Um, Pride and Prejudice with Keira really? Knightley. It is the only, really the only movie that makes me cry. I am, I am not it. a softie, but it is like the, the, the soundtrack is yeah. phenomenal. Um, and it's a classic Pride and Prejudice. I would also say 51st States I could watch over and over and over again. That's one we watch a lot. It's a really good one. Um, I don't even know. A lot of Audrey Hepburn movies I think I could watch over and over. Especially Rome, uh, Roman Holiday is my favorite of hers. Independence Day. Oh, that's a good one. I can watch that it over is good. And over it's again. so good. Um, uh, uh, what, oh, Tarzan. The animated. Oh my gosh. Gorilla, 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 gorilla. <laughs> I can watch that one over and over and over. That's again. wild. I got I got a list of. Do you ever do you ever get I get this way and this is we are going deep on my nerdness but. Some days, if the weather hits just right, and it's a Saturday. Where are we going? And I'm just like, <laughs> it's a Saturday afternoon, the weather's just right. I'm like, I need a good, old, dumb movie to watch right now. It's oh, just like yeah. a vibe. Oh, Man, yeah. it hits so hard, and I'm just like, I got to, you know, you're cleaning the house, you got the movie on, the window's open. That is just a vibe. I wish it I could is. bottle that. 
and sell it. Wait, make it a candle. Make, I probably could make it a candle. <laughs> Somebody's probably already made it a candle. What is it called? Dumb, dumb movie, old dumb movie vibe? <laughs> what do you? What do you? It's not gonna sell. <laughs> you dumb movie vibe. And if he were like opening it up, smelling it, <laughs> putting it like back down, it like, smells like yeah. Febreze. <laughs> we just cleaned the house. It's like pine saw and fabuloso. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I don't and know. Brownies. And brownies. That's a weird mix. That's a. It's not gonna smell good. Not gonna smell good. No. All right. Um. Thank you so much for coming out and being it on took the a show. Turn. This is. Yeah, we went. <laughs> We were like, man, this is some good stuff about mentorship. Y'all want some Febreze candle? <laughs> We've That's gone. So good. We're done. Um, I'm sorry for everyone. Um, Derek, <laughs> I'm not sorry. Total this is so fun. Half of why I do this is to lure people into my home to hang out. <laughs> Come into the back room. Come into the back Sit room. Sit in the chair. Where the mics are. <laughs> Let me put you on the spot. Put those headsets. I love the retro headsets. Thank you. Those are really cool. They're wood and not solid wood, obviously, because it wouldn't work. But right. <laughs> they are have wood accents. They're classy. I feel like we're delirious now. <laughs> yeah, we are. We just messing now. We reached the the podcast threshold. threshold. Yeah, 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 we have. We're about oh. at that hour mark, so everything That's else so is not going to make sense, That's which good. is tempting to just let it go. But um, let I'll ride. let you go, and I'm going to go eat lunch. Do it. All right, bro. Side, side note, as you side go to note. eat lunch, I'm celebrating Ramadan this year. Oh, yeah. As Are I've you? done for the last three years. Bonus story for anybody that's made it this far. Bonus time. Bonus story. I have I had a, uh, a, a mentee. His name is Adam. Yeah. Adam is Moroccan. Mm-hmm. Adam is Moroccan. And I was just trying to figure out ways to get close to Adam. Had, you know, been successful. Um, been playing basketball with all the other kids, taking them out to Top Golf. And, yeah. Uh, another cool thing, I took them uh, hiking. None of them have ever been hiking. Took them out to Romano's out in uh, Watonga. Your point, like I know what that is. Oh, it's out. It's I am out not, straight out forty. I'm not a hiker. Yeah, it's a, we got outside and um, they were like, "Man, what are we doing?" I was like, we "We're going to walk," and they're like, "That's it." I'm like, just, <laughs> just, just give it time. We're That's how I think about the outdoors. <laughs> I'm like, I'm outside now. What? <laughs> what are we doing now? So we go out there, thirty minutes, forty five minutes, hour, hour and a half, two hours. Two and a half, I could not get these guys back in the truck. Wow. They did not want the van. I had them in the van. They did not want to get back in the van. Great time. Anyhow, but Adam, just couldn't reach him, right? So I was like, yeah, man, like, tell me a little bit about yourself. Like, I really want to connect. Yeah, man, you know, I'm just, you know, just a Muslim guy. And I'm like, wait, you're Muslim? He was like, yeah. And I was like, how cool is that? Like, I want to learn about you. He was like, well, Ramadan is coming up. You want to celebrate with me? And I was like, well, what's Ramadan? Right. So he starts. Uh, first it. of all, that's a smart move to ask what it is before you're like, yeah. Yeah, I do it. Yeah. So um, we celebrate uh, Ramadan, right? 30 days, no food Fasting. or water during the day. And they encourage you to not break fast, not to iftar alone. Mm-hmm. And um, during this time, they ask you to, to increase your generosity, uh, to think of others more, to wow. be dedicated more to prayer and meditation. So it's really a holy month right right i i feel the I, i'm not i'm not gonna jab lint i'm not gonna do it. I, f- I feel like i wanna but you know i'm not gonna do it but like this is probably the one of the most holy stretches that being a part of uh, a group has been amazing right and so uh, i celebrate with him then i i end up going to um going to uh turkey mm-hmm. right uh, top five largest city in Constantinople, right? I go there, and then from there we go to Bulgaria, right? I go to Sofia, Silistria, and we're hanging out in these small towns where you can see all this history. Amazing. And it, it, I come back, and I'm like, 
Like everything makes more sense. The next year I celebrate Ramadan. So this is my third year. Wow. Celebrating uh, Ramadan. And it's amazing because around town, uh, they people host these iftars, which is this breaking fast. Yeah. You get to meet all these new people. I'm out at Rose State and I'm sitting at this table celebrating, you know, uh, the breaking of fast with the community. And I'm talking and I'm like, yeah, you know, I just came back from Turkey. And then the lady, this is aunt that sits across from the table and she doesn't speak any English. She hasn't said anything the whole time. She stops the conversation and she talks to her, her niece. And niece was like, oh, my aunt wants to know, uh, what did you just say? I was like, oh, I just came back from Turkey. Aunt is in on vacation from Turkey. She lives in Turkey. She's only wow. here two weeks, right? We talk, we talk, we talk, we talk. Where did you go? She's like, oh, did you have the tea? What do you think of Turkish tea? Did you have that? I'm like, yes, I had that. I'm showing her pictures of all the food aid. She's like, you haven't had mine. You're coming to my house next week. Amazing. A week later, I'm in this house, barefoot, celebrating Ramadan, breaking fast with people that I just met a week. Like, absolutely. I love it. This is the intentionality of like connecting and meeting with people. And so I do all that. Adam is still my guy. Mm-hmm. Right? Adam opened the door to all these other beautiful experiences that I would never probably have experienced if I had not reached out as a mentor, as a mentee, to wrap it up. Wow. Uh, and just kind of explored his world. That's awesome. <clears throat> that was terrifying what my voice just did. But the throat. That, uh, that's incredible. Just to, I mean, way to think. I don't know many people that would cross that bridge called fasting. Yeah. <laughs> but like, wow, what a commitment to building bridges and relationships. That's fascinating. I love yeah. it. I'm coming in the world, right? I'm not sitting from a side. Right, right. That's how we started out. Playing the, the game. I'm coming in. I'm yeah. sitting side by side. Yeah, bro. Yeah. That's amazing. Thank you so much. All right. That was, that was my last story. Okay. Bonus time over. Bye. And that's all for today, folks. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope that you are encouraged and empowered to go tackle whatever today brings. And make sure you check out the show notes for anything we mentioned in the episode today. If you want to dig a little deeper or find out more information. And as always, please share this podcast, this episode with anybody that you think might enjoy it rate and review if you're on Apple Podcasts. And uh, I just am so grateful that you're here listening. Now go punch today in the face.